0: Hello, Sharks. I am Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, and today we have an exciting hand featuring Jamin Burton. He is an excellent poker video blogger with his own very unique style. Make sure you check him out at YouTube.com slash Jamin Burton. We'll put a link in the description below. Go there, click like, click subscribe. He does great work. Today, he is playing a hand at Encore. It's a sweet casino in Las Vegas. I have not played there as much as I would like to have played there. Everyone loves it. If you're ever in Vegas, check it out. They are playing two, five, no limit, Texas variety. Let's take a look at this hand.
1: One limp to me, and I look down at pocket jacks in middle position. Those? Those are called jiggities. Thanks, Brad. Those are called jiggities. I choose to make it $25. Action folds to the big blind. He calls, as does the original limper. Okay. The three of us see a flop of four of diamonds, seven of diamonds, seven of spades, and action is quickly checked over to me.
0: So whenever you are checked to on this paired board, multi-way, you have to be a little bit careful because it's kind of easy for either the limper to have a hand like 8-7 suited or the big blind to have all sorts of stuff like 7-6 offsuit, right? That said, I do think you want to bet the pocket jacks in this scenario using a medium bet size. Um, the pots, $80. I think you can go something like 40 or 45 That's going to get called by some worse hands like pocket fives or ace-4 or all the draws. And also, it'll make your opponent fold out some hands that just have some equity, like King of Diamonds, Five of Clubs, for overcard card backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw, right? As you expect to get check raised more often in this scenario, you should be more inclined to check behind. If you can look and tell your opponents like their hands, you'd be way more inclined to check behind. Um, but with no reads, I think I would go for about a 40 or $50 bet. It is worth noting when you're playing live poker in scenarios like this, very often you can look at your opponents and tell if they have a good hand or not. Sometimes the big blind will be sitting here, you know, call the 25 pre-flop, whatever. Flop comes 7-7-4, and they're like, okay, okay, okay. If that's the case, check behind and maybe even fold if they bet the turn. And you'd be surprised how often that does happen at small and medium stakes games. That said, with no reads, I would probably throw it a bet. If you do bet here and get raised multiway, by the way, I think it's just a fold. Because when you are against the sevens, you're almost dead, right? You're drawn to two outs. And whenever you are against a strong draw like... 8-5 of diamonds, they have loads of equity, and they'll be able to bluff you on lots of turns and rivers anyway. So I think it is just a reluctant bet and fold, and that's the problem with betting from a GTO point of view, is that if you're bet folding this hand, well, you're probably folding way too much, right? But it could be fine, and I think it is fine against most people who play a little bit too straightforwardly, as they very often do in small and medium stakes cash games.
1: Okay. Okay, I can work with this. No overcards. We have some board coordination that I need to keep an eye on. But overall, not a bad flop. I continue with the betting lead for $50, and both players call.
0: Ooh, 50 into 80 and both players call. If one player calls, you're like pretty happy. When they both call, what does that mean? I mean, obviously, they could both have fours. But when it goes bet and call, the second player should not call with a four here. So the second player must have either very good made hands or draws, right? There are lots of draws available. There are some made hands, like like pocket eights, that they could easily have. Remember, this player limped under the gun and then called a raise. So, or from limp from middle position and then called a raise. Something like that. Um, so in this scenario, there are some worse hands that could call, but you should be quite cautious here. Because even though you do have the best hand in this scenario, sometimes you don't, and when you don't, it's going to get really bad. The
1: turn nine of clubs shouldn't really change much. All right. It doesn't really overly interact with the board coordination I was worried about on the flop, and it doesn't complete any draws.
0: All right. In this scenario, they check around you with the pocket jacks on the 7749 board. Lots of draws available. What do you do with the pocket jacks once it goes bet called on the flop? Take a second, think about it, and commit to an answer. In this scenario, are we going to check it back and just try to see a cheap showdown? Would we make a bet of $60 into the 180 pot? Will we bet 120 into the 180 pot? Or would we bet... Pot, 180, into the 180 pot. Pause the video, and write what you would do in the comment section below. Alright, what a rough spot. The problem here is that if you bet, and your opponents raise, you just have to fold, which is pretty annoying. And if your opponents are good, aggressive, battling opponents, they will put in a raise with some draws that lack showdown value here. That said, I think against most players. In most games, they will not put in a raise all that often. The options I gave you were 60, 120, or 180. If we're going to bet here, I think we want to go on the smaller side because we're trying to get called by a 4 or like pocket 8s, right? Um, So I think if you're going to bet in this scenario, you want to go kind of small, like 60, 75, something like that. The problem with that is, is that... Your opponents may see that small bet and decide to attack it if they're sitting here with a draw. So as you have a better idea of how your opponents are going to respond to a bet, I think you can be more inclined to bet. If you're not sure how they're going to play or if you think they're overly aggressive in this scenario, then I think you have to be a little bit cautious and go for a check behind. I think either play is fine between betting small and checking behind. You don't want to bet big because when you bet big, what's going to happen is, well, they're always going to call the 7. They're going to fold out a hand like in 4 or pocket 5s. So you're really only going to get action from sevens and good draws, and you're not actually in that great shape against sevens and good draws. If you do bet the turn, by the way, and get called, you have to check it back on every river besides a jack or maybe a seven. So be very, very cautious in that scenario. If you bet and get called again, if they do have a hand like a four, they're just never going to pay you on the river. And if they have a busted draw, they're not going to pay you. But if they have a seven, they're always going to call, right? So if you do bet turn, you have to check back river. Unless they're just like the most bad straightforward players who never slow play. It's just a big nothing. Both players check to me
1: again. Unless one or two of these guys has a seven, I should be in the clear. I'm not going to check back here and give a free card, though. So I bet $110.
0: So Jamin goes for like the slightly bigger bet size. Not the huge bet size, but the slightly bigger bet size. And I think I would have preferred just a little bit smaller. Because I think when you go 110, like pocket fives just never calls anymore. 5-4 never calls anymore. If they have something like 9-8 of spades, I guess that calls, but that may not even call the flop, right? So there's some line between like 60 and 120 where they start folding out a lot of the value hands you are trying to get value from, and I think 150 really does force them to fold out the hands like pocket fives, whereas I think a a bet like 75 would get called by those, which is really what you want to have happen here. Whatever. He goes for the bet.
1: The big blind takes no time with it at all and calls. The -the under-the-gun limper, though... He has other plans. He raises to $400. All
0: right. The nice thing about betting 110 is that if you do bet and get raised, you know what you do with your cards? You muck them. Don't even think twice about it. In this scenario, when this player check raises under the gun, they could easily have lots of sevens. They could easily have random pocket fours or pocket nines, right? This is just a fold. Easiest fold in the world. Easiest fold in the world. Jamin, please don't stack off here. Please don't stack off here. What a lot of people do wrong in this spot is they call or they even shove, thinking, all right, well, you would have bet a seven earlier. You would have raised me with a seven earlier. You'd never check it twice. I know how you play. Therefore, you must have a draw. You know what? I'm all in. That would be horrible, horrible logic, because you do not know how your opponents play. And uh, I can pretty much guarantee you, when someone limps under the gun, calls a raise, check calls a flop bet, checks a turn... Faces a reasonable bet and a call, and then they raise. That player either has, like, 10-8 of diamonds, 6-5 of diamonds, or a full house, or a 7. So, you got to fold in this scenario. I don't know this guy, but it seems hard that he'd be overvaluing a 9 here. Mm-hmm. It's possible. You can't even really have very many 9s, besides 9s with a diamond, like 9-8 of diamonds or something. But even then, that's in great shape, and... People people would not raise that because it has good showdown value. Unlikely, but possible that he has
1: pocket tens and he just thinks they're good. That would be terrible. But it's much more likely that he has something that has me crushed in drawing to two outs. At best,
0: I quickly just let the Jacks go. Good fold. I honestly... Come on, let's be honest in the chat. Would you have quickly let the Jacks fold? If you would, congrats to you. Give yourself a little pat on the back in the comment section below. You deserve it. So expected the hand to be over at this point. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's put ourselves in the big blind shoes now. Say we were sitting here with a draw. We would reluctantly call, but I think it's pretty tough. Because we could just be against a full house, right? Like pocket 9s makes a lot of sense. Pocket 4s makes a lot of sense. 9-7 suited, sure. But they could have a 7 suited, king-7 suited, queen-7 suited, right? They could have all that random nonsense limping from early position. So I don't think you can fold a good draw, like 10-8 of diamonds or 6-5 of diamonds. If you're sitting here with the ace-high flush draw, you're probably supposed to call too. But the weaker flush draws, I think you're probably okay folding. If you have a 7, should you continue? It's like, yeah. The, the problem with, with when you have a 7, what do you think they're raising with, right? It's more likely they have a good draw. But again, the draws they should be raising with are going to be just a few combinations of really, really high equity draws. So that's kind of unlikely too. So you're running a 7 into a 7 a lot of the time. And, or sometimes you're running a 7 into a full house. So it's a pretty bad spot. I mean, like, these jacks are an easy fold. But if you're sitting here with something like, let's say, 7-2 suited in the big blind... Seven three suited, seven five suited, whatever—a seven that loses to the other sevens. Ugh, I think it may just be a fold. As nitty as that sounds, I know it sounds nitty, but you're going to be running into it a lot here, unless the opponent's just like really bad and is going to raise pocket tens, like Jamin mentioned. Maybe they do. I was wrong.
1: The big blind tanks for a little bit, and then check raise shoves for about eleven hundred
0: total. Mm-hmm. So, what hands would you want to shove here? The only hands that I think make logical sense to shove in this scenario are going to be premium, or like, again, the, the straight flush draws that try to get, they're trying to get like ace high flush draw to fold. Maybe like ace seven and king seven trying to get value from the weaker sevens. And they have to ask, would you shove full houses? And I don't think you should shove a full house. Because if you're sitting here and your opponent does have a seven, if it's a weak one, they may even find a fold. If they have, like say, say you're saying we seven four, right? They they could have pocket nines and never folding that. I guess they wouldn't fold 8-7 or King-7, so maybe there's Samaritan getting it in immediately before the river comes out a scary card. In this spot, you want to ask yourself, like, should I shove a hand like 8-7 in? I think the answer is just no, because when you shove 8-7, I think you're mostly going to be beat when you get called. So what hands are we shoving for value? I, I don't know if we need to have any. Like right here, I don't want to shove draws because he's just always calling when I'm dead, and you will be dead a lot of the time. And therefore, we shouldn't be shoving any value hands either, right? Unless you can just look and tell your opponent has a 7 and you're sitting here with, like, pocket 4s or pocket 9s. But the problem with that is that if your opponent's sitting here with, like, 8 5 of diamonds, he's going to fold to a shove if he's anywhere near decent, right? So I'm not sure we're supposed to have much of a shoving range in this scenario. I think you're supposed to call everything. I could be wrong about that. I'm wrong sometimes. But I think this is a spot where you don't want to be shoving much of anything because if you do have the nuts, you want to keep your opponent in. And if you do have a draw, you don't want to put all your money in because when you get called, you're in terrible shape. Which then gets snap called by the under
1: the gun limper who covers him. Mm-hmm. What the hell just happened? I shouldn't have looked at the river. I knew I just shouldn't have looked at the river. Unbelievable. On the river, the jack of diamonds peels off, which would have given me top full house.
0: Ooh, that would have been a fun river because if you let it go check, check, check on the turn, as we said maybe you could have, you get that jack of diamonds on the river, the flushes are going to pay you, the full houses are going to pay you, you only lose to the quads. Holy moly. Maybe he's against quads. I think he's against quads?
1: The under-the-gun limper exposes pocket fours for a flopped full house. in mm-hmm. the big blind? Well, he turns over pocket nines for a turned full house. Wow. Just wow. <sighs>
0: wow, just wow. Sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes that's how it goes. That's going to be it for today. I like the way Jamie played this hand. Sometimes sometimes it just doesn't work out. Poker's a fun game, am I right? Poker's a fun game, am I right?
1: <laughs>
0: That's me for today. Have a great great day. Thanks for being here again. If you like this video, check out Jamin Burton's video blog at youtube.com slash Jamin Burton. Click like, click subscribe, and have a great, great week.